You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because if you don't like it, why don't you come stop us, punk? My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Benedict, the world's foremost saltine cracker connoisseur. Benedict! (laughs) What is your frozen drink of choice? That's the most you've ever made me laugh. Um, Saltine. I actually just, just you sitting in a room drinking right. still water and eating saltines. <laughs> I'm being like actually mm. that 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 one's one, aged this, well. Uh, yes, that this one's one has kept quite its a, crunch. Quite, a, quite an earthy aftertaste, I'd say, with this one right here. Yes, earthy. <laughs> Love that. Mm, sea um, salt. Sea what's, salt. On what's this my one. What's my favorite uh, frozen favorite drink? Frozen drink. Frozen drink. <sighs> Not necessarily alcoholic. Just just frozen. Oh, so it could just be like an icy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any kind it's of frozen not, drink. It's not that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I would say probably like a frozen daiquiri is my go-to. Mm, going for a daiquiri. That's. I mean, I, I figured you'd probably go. Because mine's pina colada. Yeah. That's Love a good one too. me. That's yeah. a good one too. Pineapple juice and coconut. You can't be beat. I don't know why that combination just just hits. Actually. Yeah. This is gonna make me feel really terrible about myself, but there used to be, uh, back 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 in the day when I was a mechanic. Uh, I'd drive to work every day, and I had about a half hour, 40-ish minute drive from home to work. And it was along the same road, and there was a gas station like halfway along the way that I'd stop in almost every morning. You probably aren't allowed to admit this as a lawyer. No, no, this is not that. No, no, I'd stop in there almost every morning to get my energy drinks. And back then, I've never seen it anywhere else but that one gas station. Rockstar had a pina colada Mm. flavored Rockstar. Wow. Was you that see, alcoholic or was it just a flavor? No, okay, no it was okay. just flavored. There was no okay, alcohol okay. in it. It was just know. a pina colada flavored rock star. And it was the best one I had ever had. Okay. And I like for like three years as I was doing that drive every day, uh, they had it. And then one day it's just gone. And I can't find it anywhere anymore. And I have this craving that will never be quenched wow. for the pina colada flavored rock star. I'm sure you could recreate <laughs> it. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I think a lot of frozen drinks are actually bad, to be honest. Like a frozen margarita margarita is way worse mm-hmm. than just a margarita on the rocks yep. like a margarita on the rocks is superior in every way mm-hmm. but sometimes if, you, if you're at the ocean if you're at a bar that has Look, a if thatched you roof so happen to be in las uh, vegas or yeah. some <laughs> other terrible place frozen anything is great exactly exactly it's a mixture of the heat and and a, you know the more you drink of frozen drinks the, the better, better the frozen drinks taste, taste. Yeah. exactly that's right <laughs> well benedict um you probably know but oh, uh, right. some of the listeners might not. You know, they may not be aware. 
I'm like memento. I'm like the memento guy every time. I'm like, what? It, what? That wasn't intentional, why, though. Why am I? Why am I reading this again? What the fuck is wrong with me? Some, who did I hurt to get here? You all can't see it. Benedict does have full body tattoos, though. They are all over him. Yeah, I actually had to shave my head to put more tattoos <laughs> need, on my body. Needed more space. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's why, why. my that's body was like, you should naturally start losing your hair so that you have uh-huh. more space for tattoos. Uh-huh. That's it. But anyways, Benedict, the people probably want to know, what exactly is it that we do here mm. on the show? I, I certainly would like to know. Well, Benedict, I could tell you that what we do here is we dig deep. Mm. We dig deep, deep, deep. Mm. Down into the Marianas Trench. Ooh. Is it Marianas? There's an Mariana, S at the end. I think. Yeah, I thought there was an S at the end. I think Marinara? it's Marianas. No? Mar- the Marinara Trench. We, d- we dig deep into the Marinara Trench. <laughs> Searching ever so hard, ever so diligently for the Kraken mm. of right-wing thought. I have a fun fact for you. Yes, you do. What is it? It is the the origin of the word marinade, mm-hmm. given that we were talking about marinara, and it's it marinare in Latin, in Latin means to brine or pickle because it's like salt water, Ooh. like mar- marine. Ooh. So that's where marinade comes from. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that was Benedict's boring fact of the day, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's a new instead of Benedict's bookshelf, <laughs> new segment. A new, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, Listeners, Benedict. Please tell Kevin that was an interesting fact. <laughs> Spam Kevin's Twitter. They won't because it wasn't. I need one person. I need at least one person (laughs) to tell Kevin that was an interesting fact and you learned something from me today. Benedict, you just gave us a fact about Latin. Nobody thinks that's interesting. People love Latin. I love Latin. Nobody loves Latin. That's why it's a dead language. No. But anyways, Benedict... Do you have a hot take to start us off yes, this week? Yes, everybody fucking loves Latin. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no, it's the uh, racists fucking suck. And they wow, can go to you're, you're going really, deep this week. Really, you're really, really going deep with take. the hot takes this week. Uh, so essentially, uh, England lost yesterday and uh, a bunch oh, of... Oh, did they? The, yes, did they really? Yeah, and I'm going to make you feel bad about making fun of it. <laughs> Uh, to, be, uh, to be fair, I sent my texts mocking you before all the racist shit happened. Kevin, the racist shit has been going on for ages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know you yeah, like fair. to think it started yesterday, but it did not. Um, yeah, so the uh, anyway, the a lot of the uh, black and otherwise minority uh, people of color players uh, were subsequently racially abused by angry England fans online, mm-hmm. um, which sucks and is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. So, everyone, stop being racist. When That's everybody knows thing. it was the white guy's fault that your team lost. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I, I didn't I, watch that I, fucking... I, I, no. I, just, I just got, like, a news Kevin, alert on my Kevin phone that it me. happened. Ha, 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 ha. And then an Italian flag. Yeah. That is... <laughs> That is the limit of Kevin and I interacting yesterday. Because to be Which fair, I thought once, you had brought that up before. Once, th- when the fucking Vikings have lost, have I been like, ha, 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 Vikings suck. But no, yeah. my team, my beloved English team, whom I actually don't actually care that much about, but my beloved English team loses. <laughs> and Kevin sends me a series of ha-has and then an Italian flag as if his Polish people were never persecuted by the Italians. <laughs> Benedict, that's the Germans picking up. <laughs> that's what? <laughs> the, the Germans that oh, you're as if they up. weren't on the same side. <laughs> God damn it. Are you okay? No, no, you're just... Um, I told you I was bringing energy Combining this, this with what you said before the show that had me cracking up. 
<laughs> energy. It's a good day. It's energy. a good day, man. Yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. It's a good day. Anyway, um, did you you wait? No, hot take. That was my hot. So my yep. hot take is stop being fucking racist. Mm-hmm. Your hot take. Go uh, on. My hot See take. See if you Benedict. can top that. Oh, I'm gonna top it. All right, okay, Benedict. We need to abolish ESPN three. I did not know that existed. Yep. It exists. It exists apparently as a streaming only channel. Is that different to ESPN Plus? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not ESPN sure. Plus has done me well in the past. Like I, <laughs> ESPN Plus, they show the FA Cup on ESPN Plus. I'm a big fan. But ESPN yeah. 3, it sounds like it's something completely different. Well, the reason that I even know it exists is because my little brother, right, he helped me move uh, last week or however long ago that was now. And uh, so we were over here at my place. He's a soccer fan, so he watches all that nonsense oh, that man. you like and whatnot. Who, who's his team? I don't fucking know. Oh, uh, some Italian team. Uh, oh. One of the or Madrid. I don't. Madrid I don't is know. not in fucking Italy. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. You're all the same. Uh, you're bobbity boopy. Same words. It all sounds the same to me. I'm American. We don't have to learn other languages. <laughs> uh, but so he uh, he wanted to watch a game one morning when we got up, and you know we didn't have much to do. So he, he, he set it up, put it up on my TV, ESPN app, which I have because I, I had it on there. I don't use it that often. Um, but then the game gets over and we're sitting around and, you know, it's a hot day. We didn't have much to do. Uh, and he puts on Professional Cornhole, mm. which is on ESPN3. Benedict, Professional Cornhole. Kevin. This is something that should not exist. I have a question. For the good of the world. No, no, but I have a question. If you, for a living, could play professional cornhole... No! No! Don't you dare tell me that you wouldn't play professional cornhole. Before I would play professional cornhole. I would defenestrate myself before I played professional cornhole. Wow, I would lies never. on lies on lies. This I would absolutely. <laughs> if I could play, prof- if I was so good at cornhole that someone was like, you should turn pro and I will Bennett. give you money to throw this sack of Bennett. rice in that hole. These guys in a are board. making pathetically small amounts of money from you this. You have not seen their sponsorship deals, sir. You don't know. You know that Nike, Nike cornhole sponsorship. Oh, God, it's the most boring thing I've ever watched, but we watched, like, three hours of it, and I don't know why. Yeah, because it's fucking hypnotic and majestic. That's why. It it got to the point where I was making up backstories for every one of the people who was throwing a bag. I refused to call them players. Enchanted by it. This guy was estranged from his family. He was adopted as a child. He married the love of his life. He finally decided to get back and know his family. And he found out that she was his sister. And after that, he said, the only thing left I can do with my life is play cornhole because everything else is ruined. That's what I was sitting on the couch doing. (laughs) That's the only thing more depressing than this realization. It was fucking terrible. Okay. I I can't. I can't. Well, but it well, sounds like there's an audience for it, and it sounds like if you abolished ESPN3, all you would succeed in doing yeah, is moving that the, onto one of the more mainstream The channels. audience is people who forgot to turn off ESPN3. That's who the yeah, audience is. Yeah, but the audience is. could equally Bars. be people that forgot to turn off <laughs> ESPN2. That's also so it true. So sa- it sounds like what you want is the mainstreaming of the cornhole competition. Uh, no, no, it's absolutely not what I want, Benedict. It's absolutely not what I want, but why don't we move on? 
why don't you tell us what should people be uh, get, having a gander at rather than the stuff we look at on this show? What's yep. on your bookshelf this they, week? They should read Mario Benedetti's Springtime in a Broken Mirror. Springtime in a Broken Mirror. Sure. For yeah. Germany. Well, it's yeah, actually, it? it's about, it's by a Uruguayan author. Um, oh, okay. And is about a political prisoner in Uruguay. It's a, a fiction novel. Um, a fiction novel? Yes, a fiction novel. I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes it's sense. A work, it's a work of fiction um, that follows his journey and uh, what happens to him as a political prisoner and afterwards. So it's good. Very good. Short book, um, but good. Excellent. What about you? What's on your bookshelf? Me and this week, Don't you dare not give me a book. I'm not giving you a book. I know you're not. Uh, I've seen the fucking notes. <laughs> I am. I never give you a book. I it's know. hardly ever a book. I suggest. Uh, this week, I am suggesting uh, the Netflix special Bo Burnham Inside. Mm. Uh, I just watched it the other day. I know it's been out for a while, <clears throat> but I haven't taken the time to sit down and watch it. And obviously, I'm studying for the bar exam. I needed a break. I needed something to do. I've known about Bo Burnham back since he was just on YouTube. Back when he started in the late 2000s, uh, and back then I think I liked him for the wrong reasons and didn't understand he was doing satire, uh, but I really think Inside is an amazing special. He's done something incredible. Uh, there's some some really great bits there, and I really respect uh, the integrity in what... I, I, I hate to say that about art, uh, because I sound like a pompous douche, but there's fucking integrity in what he's put <laughs> That's together. That's my job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really love it. I think it's hilarious, and I think it's also incredibly deep, wonderfully put together. So if you have Netflix, go watch it. Bo Would Burnham, you say inside. it was hashtag deep? Hashtag deep, 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 as no, a matter of fact. there was a Bo Burnham joke, and you ruined it by trying to link it back to our podcast. Oh, man. I'm sorry that I have a thought for things that we do here. Wow. But anyways, on to housekeeping. Remember, uh, you know, follow us on all the social medias, the Facebooks and the the Netflix, the whatever Twitter's Not Netflix places. We, do we have a Netflix, Netflix that you have Follow us on Netflix. About? You can see my special coming out <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, that's a bit. Uh, you know, Twitter and uh, Facebook and all the places. And, uh, you know, of course, as I always mentioned, you should go rate and review us on iTunes. And mm. I hate to bring this up. You know, I mentioned oh, earlier, we, me and Benedict were talking before the show. This is going to be a new thing now, by the way. I'm not letting you get out of this. This has been killing you the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm not letting it go away. We're going to keep talking, doing this. Uh, but we were talking before the show, you know, and Benedict, he lives in New York City. It's a busy place. It's tough to get around. Uh, and as you're probably aware, their subways are currently a new SeaWorld ex- exhibition. Yeah, that um, was bad. I yeah. wasn't there, but it was bad. <laughs> so so he decided, you know, hey, I, I got to get to work. I got to go out of the house. Um, he, you know, he said he was going to go get a city bike. He wanted to rent a city bike. You know, one of those, you get him off the corner and drive it around and then put it back in another place. One of those things. So he went over to the city bike and he got out his phone. He got the app. Tried to set it, you know, that's a giant pain in the ass. Tried to set it up, tried to, tried to, he had to remember what his credit card number was because it's not saved to the Apple wallet and Mm. all that nonsense. It's just a, just a terror. Shut the fuck up. Mm. Uh, And he got it all done and he's getting ready to go and the city bike app dings and it says, sorry, you can't have a city bike because you don't have enough stars on iTunes. Mm. So it would help Benedict get around his city. If all of you would go over to iTunes, rate us five stars, and uh, and you know maybe leave a nice comment there about how you hope this will help Benedict to properly get around from point A okay. to point B. More importantly, someone gave us one <laughs> star on iTunes. What? These motherfuckers. Who the fuck does that? I don't know. We have we have 
a number of five star reviews, and then a probably one the star same review. people who email me after they listen to thirty <laughs> seconds of an episode, thinking yeah. we're going to be in favor of the books we're reviewing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, if you would like to help us redress the average a little, <laughs> which I think is a better <laughs> argument than Kevin's shitty city bike argument. Um, yeah, go rate and review us and, and, and minimize the impact of this one-star review that we have. Next week, it's going to be the scooters. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Benedict, with all that out of the way, we return to our book review. Oh, I should say also, while we're in housekeeping. No, I'm just going to cut back. Um, I, I've said this plenty of times before, and I am, I am now two weeks away from the bar exam. Um, so the next couple weeks of shows are going to be a little bit... Uh, we're light. not sticking with the light. usual schedule. We're, yeah, light. we're going to be a little light for the next couple weeks. This episode, we're trying to keep a little short. We didn't do as many pages as we normally would. Uh, and I think for the next two episodes, they're probably just going to be videos, you know, prayer you or whatever we find that looks good uh, because I, I can't tear myself away from studying for more than, you know, a certain amount of time a day or I'm going to go insane and, uh, you know, defenestrate myself off mm-hmm. of my 12th floor balcony, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because the bar exam is a nightmare uh, hellscape that should be uh, abolished along with ESPN3. So, but anyways, we're going to do some, you know, it's going to be a little light over the next couple weeks. We're going to, you know, pick it up after that's done. All that good stuff. Just wanted to tell you that right here at the top. But anyways, Benedict, back to our book review of Arguing with Socialists by Mm. Glenn Beck. Not just a limp noodle, Mm. the limp noodle. (laughs) Thank you very much. Benedict, what did we read this week? Well, Kevin, this week we read chapter eight, Eco-Socialism and Climate Change in which Glenn Beck quibbles over literally all the wrong statistics. Yep, 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 yep. And this one made me so happy because I've said several times as we've done this book review that I read the book he wrote before this back when I was a right-wing shitbag. I think it came out like 2008, 2009-ish. So like prime time for me uh, when I got that first Glenn Beck book, Arguing with Idiots is what it was called. And he had, that thing was just full of, climate change denial right Mm. and i i I couldn't find it the last time i was home visiting my parents i'm sure it shoved into a bookshelf somewhere i wanted to grab it and see if i could find it prime of place anyway yeah i wanted to see if i could get it so i could you know compare it this is a while ago but i knew i've had this book that we're doing now on the back burner for a long time so i sort of wanted to have it i couldn't find it but based on my recollection my recollection i could be wrong was that back then he was full-on climate change isn't real it's just not a thing. Mm. It's fake. It's all lies. And I, I seem to remember the old uh, email scandal thing, right, with the IPCC emails that got yeah. leaked and that they took chunks out of context to make it seem like there was something when there was really nothing there. Uh, so all that kind of stuff was going on. This chapter, he's no longer outright saying climate change is fake. Uh, but He's just saying, I'm just asking questions. He's uh, Well, it's more, I would say... What all Republicans have had to do as, you know, the evidence just becomes more and more and more clear and they can no longer say it's fake, right? Even fucking uh, the American Petroleum Society or whatever says it's real now. Um, they're no longer able to say climate change is fake out loud. When they're behind closed doors and talking to people, they still say that because it's better for their position. But they can't, in all good faith and attempting to seem reasonable in society, still say it's fake. So now they say things like, well... It's real, but I just don't know if it's caused by humans. Or, it's real, but it could actually be a good thing, as a matter of fact. Mm. That's sort of what, it's the backtracking. The entire right wing has had to backtrack on climate change, at least publicly. Yeah, I think, and 
you know, it's it's hard to make that argument. And it, that, that's why we get the quibbles that we get here of, yes. like, well, it's not actually that agreed upon. Like, if you look at the figures... It's not... It, look, it's probably, like, 90%, not 97%. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're actually wrong about climate change. be accurate about the facts. <laughs> but Benedict, of course, as all these chapters do, we start off with a cartoon. We do. Uh, this I, one... You, it, you, you went a little Obama. We start off with a cartoon. Yeah, well, maybe because I saw him right there on the page. And I thought maybe I'd start off chapter reading it like I was Obama. Yep. Very good. It's a no little bad. too high. A little too high. No, little high pitch. A little high Yep. Fuck him. Uh, but <laughs> this cartoon does, in fact, start off with Obama. Uh, massive ears, because that's the only way anybody's ever been able to draw Obama. Uh, or any African-American, as a matter of fact. Um, standing by a sign on a beach somewhere it would appear to me with a big house in the background mm. uh and uh, the sign clearly says oceanfront mansion with the thing across it says sold to obama i don't know if glenn beck has ever seen the oceanfront but it, i'm pretty sure the grass doesn't normally go right yeah up no to that was water. something that stuck out to me <laughs> there's no sand it's just grass <laughs> straight to the ocean it, it looks like a lake it looks like he's pissed <laughs> that there is a obama's bought a lake house and he's been like wow this is an oceanfront and also i don't think the real estate people are like yes especially the secret service would not be happy if the sign said sold to the obamas yeah no that wouldn't be the there greatest are too many points of entry on that house they would not advertise that shit. Yeah, but Obama is saying, he has a, a word bubble coming out, and he's saying sea levels are rising due to, or, I'm sorry, sea levels are rising due to climate change threatening coastal cities in the U.S. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a little bit of Obama, a little bit of Jerry Seinfeld. You know? <laughs> it is. Both got into that uh, machine from the fly. And below that, we have AOC, who is, of course, freaking out because she's hysterical. We all know how women get, or women that Glenn Beck imagines uh and she is saying we must rid the earth of cow farts because the real issue of cow flatulence and the uh, releases into the atmosphere that it creates is funny to these people and then yeah. uh next to that well, she's I mean, it's, uh, it's to point out her supposed hypocrisy isn't it of like that's the green new deal thing that they always say is like they yeah. want to stop cow farts <laughs> Well, and um, next to and that, then she's standing yeah, in front of a podium no, in front of a saying. jet plane. Yeah, yeah the, but, like, she doesn't fly that much. No. Like, she like, normally uh, takes the train between New York and D.C. Like, Yeah, and in D.C., as far as I... Because I've had friends who have seen her in the subway in D.C. Yeah. I don't even exactly. think she owns a car in D.C. No, no, because she's back and forth so much. And she yeah. takes... I know she takes the train because she posts about being on the Amtrak all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, it's ju it's just dumb. It's really dumb. And the, like this is one of the things that they always talk about because Al Gore, right, will go to like climate conferences all over the place, and he flies and stuff. Uh, and it's you know all, all the same stuff. All these people, their hypocrisy must mean that climate change is fake. Yeah, must mean no. that I can do what I want. Exactly. So Benedict, you said the title of this chapter: Eco Socialism and Climate Change. Do you have an alternate chapter title? For I us? do. It is that ninety seven percent of scientists agree that this chapter is stupid. Yep, that is true. That is true. Mine is, remember, kids, eco-fascism is good. Eco-socialism is bad. <laughs> I, I was trying to do something with eco-fascism. Subtitle, <laughs> subtitle brought to you by the Heartland Institute. <laughs> 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 because, Benedict, this chapter might as well have been fucking written by the Heartland Sponsored Institute. Sponsored by. All of the experts he's bringing up, almost every single one of them are directly connected to the Heartland Institute. I looked into all... You know I looked into all of them, right? Of course you did. I know, I'm obsessive. I, I know, I know. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's he's citing, you know, every, everything that he's citing, the studies and the bullshit experts he's, he has, they're Heartland Institute to the core. Heartland Institute, if you don't know or aren't aware, it's, uh, you know, one that I am always confusing with the Heritage Foundation because they both start with H and my mind works off of rhyming. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't rhyme. Heritage and Heartland Heritage do not, Heart, yeah, they do not rhyme in any way. It's alliteration. You might call it alliteration. Sure. Yeah, alliteration. It's That's how my brain works. Certainly not. Right. Yeah, I know smart words, uh, but no, the Heartland Institute basically exists for the purpose of denying climate change and functioning as a right wing slash libertarian think tank to give people who don't have any real purpose in academia uh, credentials that they can then use to go and sound like they're actual, you know, smart folk out in the world. That's what they do. And we see how that works here yep. in Bold this ring. chapter. So we start off this chapter. We've got uh, the usual beginning page, and he's got a nice little drawing of Captain Planet here. Bennett, you probably don't remember Captain I Planet. I do remember at all. Captain Planet. Do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I used to watch Captain Planet at my grandma. I had a, I had a Captain Planet VHS tape, actually. <laughs> oh, man. I only vaguely remember yeah, Captain I, Planet. Yeah, I vaguely remember someone being like, Captain Planet. And yeah, that's all like I remember that. about it. There was like, like some kids involved. Uh, yeah, it was like okay. Captain Planet was always helping out kids. It's one of those things where like it's obviously like public service messaging, and so they have like there can't be. It's not like uh, Power Rangers, right, where they're fighting and they create the Megazord and all that. It's like oh, there's trash on the beach. No, let's clean it up, kids. People, <laughs> I don't remember. I, don't I can't know. remember I off the top of my head. I don't remember. I just remember. I mean, come on, it's Captain Planet. He's fucking lame. All right. Captain, we can all agree, whether we agree, whether we believe that the environment needs help or not, we can all agree Captain Planet is pretty fucking lame. I remember him kind of looking like broccoli. I know he didn't, <laughs> but, oh man, one he, of the... I okay. think he wore a lot of green. I don't... Are we going to have to look him up now? Yeah, I just did. One of the characters that he fights is called Captain Bol- Pollution, so... Okay. Wait, well, what, co- what color is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, He's, He's got, like, blue like, a and green red. green head. Well, that's the cartoon, yeah. yeah. I thought I remembered there being something that was live action. Oh, I sort of remember there being like a live action Captain Planet, but maybe that's just my bad memory. Wow, that was know. six seasons of Captain Planet. Wow. Damn. That is that is way more than it deserved. <laughs> yeah. She sends five. Okay, now I have to read it. Uh, the opening narration is Our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction <laughs> plaguing our planet. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. Kwame from Africa oh, for the power shit, I forgot of earth. that, yeah. From North America, Wheeler with the power of fire. From Eastern Europe, Linka with the power of wind. From Asia, Yi with the power of water. And Eastern from Europe? Sa- from South, no, from Asia. From, with the, the power, yeah, no, there's no one from Norm- from Western Europe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from Asia, Guy with the power of water, and from South America, Marty with the power of heart. <laughs> when the five powers combine, they summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. Oh God! Yep. I now I vaguely remember the ring thing. I do yeah. now that you brought it up. I vaguely remember the ring thing. Yeah. Oh God, we're gonna have to watch Captain yep. Planet. That can be a patron episode. We're gonna watch Captain Planet. Anyways, Benedict starts off with the big words on the page, how socialism destroys wealth and the planet. And the quote across from that uh, is just a giant block quote from Naomi Klein that is inherently much more reasonable and uh, oh, always. worth these, more the, than, than these Glenn These block quotes said. are always taken out of context. Yeah, 
And he tells us that uh, a global warming crisis is upon us. Rising tides will soon swallow whole cities. The sun will scorch the earth, destroying our crops and food supplies. Hundreds of millions of people will be forced to join mass migrations to flee wars and famine. Tornadoes, hurricanes, and extreme heat will kill tens of thousands. And worst of all, we only have about a decade left before it will be too late. The world is ending, and capitalism is to blame. At least that's what Americans have been told for half a century now by climate justice warriors on the left like Naomi Klein. I love climate justice warriors. Yes, it's like I love trying, trying to make that trying a to, thing. Yeah, repatriate it into, into so, yeah, social justice warriors. Yeah, and then right there, you know, that's you know the intro to this chapter. It's not a very good intro, but the, he starts this off with a quote from Ghostbusters. He's starting off with Ghostbusters. That's where he goes first. Yeah, all these are so stupid because I mean, this this, this whole point is like, oh, they're warning something terrible is going to happen, and then what fucking happens at the end of Ghostbusters? Something terrible. Something terrible happens. Yeah. So they were right. <laughs> Their warnings were right. They just managed to stop it. Yeah, and I, I would also point out, by the way, um, I don't know if I need to say this or not, but uh, Ghostbusters is fiction? <laughs> I don't know. I felt like what? I had to point that out for some reason. But I, I will say that's like uh, so many times he's constantly making references to, you know, Star Wars. He's done a bunch. Ghostbusters now. Yeah, he just doesn't understand the point. He of the does movie. a bunch of pop culture references, and he does, I don't want to say he relies on them as though they were real, but he does sort of say, well, I mean, obviously, my my point is made because this fictional thing. Yeah, right. He it's does a real sort of Dave point Rubin. Be like, no, eh? no, Thanos is actually a uh, <laughs> he's a population <laughs> control specialist. Exactly. So that's what the lefties on. want. Yeah, he continues on. In her best-selling book, This Changes Everything, Klein does spend some time making the usual Marxist arguments about wealth redistribution. She even quotes Marx directly at one point. Glenn you, you can quote Marx directly points. without yeah. agreeing with him. I feel like... <laughs> no, I, Naomi I, Klein is a little, is no, a little uh, far Fine, yeah, but, but the crime of quoting Marx... Like, you know, if yeah. you were actually going to rebut the things that Marx says, you would quote him, or you would think that you would quote him. True. Glenn, pardon me, Benedict. Glenn Beck has quoted Marx at multiple Marx points throughout this also book. Also invented right. conversations with Marx. So. I, I, I get what you mean, but what he's pointing out is that Na Naomi Klein is, uh, I think I don't know if she identifies as a Marxist or not, but she is you know, significantly socialist, so she's probably, probably quoting Marx in a positive way, which yeah. I don't particularly have a problem with if your huh. points make sense, but whatever. Um, continues. But most of her focus is on convincing the reader that an impending climate crisis demands action and radical in scare quotes, changes to the way we think about society and economics. Mm. All of which is completely true, of course. Yeah. He then says. The thing, the thing just quickly before you get onto this, and I think how we should frame all, all of this is like, Glenn never reckons with the question, at least in this half of the chapter, of what if they're right? Yeah. Like, how, how much does it cost for, a, like, what if even 10% of what they're saying is true? Mm-hmm. What, well, what that, should we be doing? Meme. It's that old meme, right? Of what if we go ahead and make the world a better place for yeah. nothing? Right. <laughs> it's that yeah. fucking meme you yeah, see yeah, floating yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he continues on. Klein's work has become increasingly popular among many left-wing groups, politicians, and socialists. For example, Klein was one of the key figures behind Canada's popular Leap Manifesto, oh, a precursor yeah. to the Green New Deal. 
and then in parenthetical. By the way, am I the only one really creeped out by the Leap Manifesto's title? It sounds awfully similar to Mao Zedong's murderous Great Leap Forward campaign, right? So <laughs> yeah. much so, in fact, that the frequently asked questions section of the Leap Manifesto's official website includes a short section that attempts to distance itself from the Great Leap Forward. You know what I? You know what I fucking hate? I fucking hate all those bunnies leaping around doing their pro Mao propaganda. Bunnies and their fucking, fucking leaping. Bunnies and all leaping. their fucking. You know what leaping. else I hate? Leap years. Hate that. Are you fucking kidding? Come off it. That section is on their FAQ because of Glenn Beck and people like him. You That's why they have to put kidding. that up. The leap year is is Maoist propaganda to try. Oh God! Fucking kidding! It's so good. I love that. That was one of those those brief moments in this chapter. Where I was like, oh yeah, this is Glenn. <laughs> this is Glenn tying Into me off and injecting me. This is him veins. giving me what I need. Yep. So the next page, he has an ADD moment on the side, which is titled "Anti-Capitalist's New Boogeyman." You know, I've actually just stopped reading these. I'm just like, this isn't even <laughs> worth my time. Because you know, I'm going to take yeah, care of it. Yeah, well, exactly. But then I'm just, what? And you know, it gives me a nice little surprise when you read it. So. Yep. Yep. And it says, "Quote." Socialists banked on the shortcomings of capitalism to spur support for their concept of centrally controlled society. However, the mass starvation events and naked exploitation of workers never came to fruition, as socialists predicted. As socialist historian Eric Hobsbawm put it, oh. all the problems which had haunted capitalism in its era of catastrophe appeared to dissolve and to disappear. Socialists needed a new impending crisis to blame on the free market. That new boogeyman is global warming. So... I bring that up to highlight, I, I'm, and I'm never going to be able to get away from this, the way that this all ties back to the conspiracy theory, right? Mm. This all ties back to the massive communist conspiracy. And this is, I mean, he's just saying it. He's just saying it out loud. This is fake. They're lying about it. This is all the socialists doing it, and they're doing it for the purpose, as he's going to continue and has said throughout this entire book, for the purpose of getting that power and that control that they want. Mm. Yeah, it's also, that's a very benign Hobbesbaum quote. Um, I know, and right? Like, and and like he frames it either either side of it as like, see, Hobbesbaum agrees with me. It's like a very very bland Hobbesbaum. I didn't quote. bother to look it up, but if yeah. I had to guess, I'd say he's also saying that it's like, well, because you know, capitalism gave them their bread and circuses, so that all well, the problems seem to look I mean, look also, like I, I I would imagine Hobbesbaum's argument is that that this happened in in uh, more economically developed countries because the worker right. the the labor was outsourced to other countries, and then the sure. everyone became middle management in in the anyway whatever is he dead yet Hobbs I feel like he's dead. almost dead he's, okay. I think he's very dead I think he's been I dead think he's, I, think he's, I think he was alive a few years ago I think I remember yeah, yeah. seeing something he's not that, not that far off dead anyways it doesn't matter but he continues and you know so much of what we're going to be doing this week is just me because it's, it's really boring it's not very well organized this chapter and so a lot of it is just until we get to the tweets at least uh, which are coming up soon this, this is just all some boring stuff but he starts off here he has a nice little chart for us here and he's telling mm. us the reason he's got this chart he's telling us that the free market which we all know is is the god of Glenn Beck um, if, if people really cared about climate change then they would want to give money uh, to fix climate change. And no. obviously, since that problem hasn't been solved by the free market, it's not actually a problem. And he cites a Cato Institute study. Oh, okay. That is what he's citing yeah. here. He, of course, he didn't put that on the page to tell us, but I did look it up. And it's a Cato Institute study that he's citing here, which said that people didn't want to pay, or a majority did not want to pay, more than $10 a month to solve climate change. In, in their electric bill, in particular, yeah. was what Well, it was. here's the thing. 
a, a few things actually uh, first of all human beings are very bad at collective good unless forced mm-hmm. to do so um, exactly which is which is, which is why free market capitalism yeah. doesn't, doesn't work the way does they think not it does provide social safety nets in the way yes. that people think it does um second of all this is asking if you would do a voluntary like it's you know a voluntary payment on top of your electric bill it's not like you know if clean energy could be provided to you or whatever and it also it doesn't present it as like if you could pay ten dollars a month not to have your house flooded every year would Mm -hmm. you do that like it's not it's not framed fairly yeah by the way yeah the way they framed the question right they said to combat climate change and this and that but i would point out that uh a majority did say that they would pay a dollar a month Mm -hmm. Somehow they then skipped from a dollar a month to ten dollars a month without looking at anything in between yeah, there, where you might have the most important. Thirty uh, percent of people <laughs> still said they would pay an extra ten dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. In fact, more people said they would pay twenty dollars a month than paid would pay ten dollars a month, which seems to me to show that you have a flawed study. <laughs> seems to be. He then continues. Many on the left like to pretend that capitalism imposes products and services on people that they don't want, like oil, natural gas, and other conventional energy sources, for example. But generally speaking, the opposite is true. That's, I mean, that's just complete fucking it's horseshit. Nonsense. It's nonsense. It's absolutely Most nonsense. Most people don't have an option of what type of, because natural gas, oil, and coal have all been subsidized for many, 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 right. many, many, many years. And we've only just started subsidizing clean energy relatively. And most people just aren't set up to receive clean energy. And because of arguments like this, we continue to subsidize coal when the ocean was literally on fire because of an oil spill last week. Yep. Yep. That was a thing. I, I swear to God, I saw that video. I watched it maybe five times thinking, this looks like a video game shot out of a helicopter yeah. as you're flying around and there's about to be a monster that comes out. It's a boss fight. Mm. That's what it fucking looked like when the ocean was on fire. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that pipeline is owned by the Mexican government though too. So I mean, it just showed like, it's not socialism for socialism's sake. Like we want to, we don't just want to own the oil. We want to divest from the oil as well. Yeah. Yeah. But he then has a nice little parenthetical where he says, that's not to say our current energy marketplace is totally free. It most certainly isn't. The energy industry is already heavily regulated and already forces many consumers to purchase renewable energy options they don't want. It mostly forces forces people to purchase fossil fuels that they don't want. It, it really does. And I would just point to like all the studies out there that the majority of the country disagrees with Glenn Beck. Yep. Right? Well, I don't need to go any further than that. It always goes back to that same uh, Republicans, right-wingers, conservatives, whatever, pretending they're in the majority, yeah. pretending they actually have a majority. When there's, like, two issues I think they have, like, a bare majority on, like, 51 52%, right? Like, I think, like, uh, voter ID is one where, like, you get a just bare majority, like, 51 52%, and there's, like, one other thing. I don't remember what. But in most everything... They're in the fucking minority. Nobody fucking agrees with them. And mm-hmm. certainly the vast majority of our country votes against them every time they get the chance. But we get to our first tweet of the chapter from Neil Ocasio-Cortez. And he says, quote, Wow, I knew you were crazy, Glenn Beck, but I didn't take you for a climate change denier. It's from someone who's now been tweeting with Glenn Beck for the entirety of yeah, this book. as if you didn't realize. <laughs> come on. Come on, Neil. 
I got to get in touch with Neil 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 Ocasio Cortez. I got to get a, t- a hold of Green New Neil. Uh, on this Twitter. is this is Green New Neil's time to shine. This chapter. Yeah. So. He says we're headed for a climate catastrophe. Even if capitalism is better at providing people with goods and services, as Glenn Beck has told Neil throughout this whole book, you know he's taught him taught him the right thing. Capitalism is completely incapable of stopping catastrophic climate change. And Glenn says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 buddy." Remember me? I'm Captain Reasonable over here. Yeah. Captain Reasonable Guy, just normal, <laughs> the reasonable, enemy not of at Captain all. Planet. Not at all a right wing lunatic who's, you know, pushing a, a definite agenda. There's so much confusion around this. And everyone's, you know, everyone's saying different things. But Earth's climate is warming. He tells us, he knows, he agrees with that. The evidence shows it's been warming for more than a century. But the issues. Is what's causing it. Which, by the way, lines up perfectly with the Industrial Revolution really taking hold. By the way, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we used to burn a lot more coal, yeah. buddy. When, when, when fossil fuels started to be burned in mass quantities. Yeah, that's funny how that was. But Neil Ocasio-Cortez, after that brief little, you know, interlude, comes back and says, All these issues have already been decided. 97% of scientists agree that climate change is caused by human carbon dioxide emissions and that it's going to be catastrophic if we don't act immediately. And now, we spend a couple of pages quibbling over the 97%. Two and a half pages being like, well, it's not really 97%, is it? Like, who? Well, it's not. I mean, like, more recent studies than the one he's angry about have showed it to be 100%. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things. And I go back to when I was a right-wing shitbag. This was something that, for some reason, I can't quite place anymore, I thought was a good argument. Uh, maybe, and I, I think it's because I desperately wanted to have a good argument, yeah, right? I mean, there's no good argument on the facts of the case. So, right, he's gonna, he's arguing that uh, there's all these these studies. Uh, people said 97% of climate scientists agree on this issue. And by the way, if you go and look into that, it's yeah, g- generally true. The vast majority of climate scientists agree on this issue, but. He's pointing out here that, uh, you know, they didn't, when they did these studies, look at all the papers out there uh, that directly contradicted the view that climate change is caused by humans. Most of which, by the way, are illegitimate entirely or published by complete charlatans. So Uh why would you look at them? But one of the pieces he cites here uh, as evidence of that, uh, he cites, uh, I believe is in the Wall Street Journal, he cites uh, an opinion piece. Written by two individuals. One of them is a former president and CEO of Benedict, the Heartland Institute. Oh, great. Cool. Yep. And the other one is by a guy named Roy Spencer, who's going to come up late. This was a, a two-person opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal that he's citing here, which was rebutting uh, the, the 97% number. Uh, the other guy is a guy named Roy Spencer. He's going to come up again later in the list of experts that Glenn has who's, who's doing all this stuff. Uh, he is a meteorologist. That is true. He is also a denier of evolution. Cool. Which is not great credentials. <laughs> no. Going to be out there uh, arguing for science. He signed a document called an Evangelical Declaration on Global Warming. So something tells me this guy might have something other than science in mind mm. when he's talking about climate change. You know, I think you might be right. You might be onto something. Might be onto something here. Is it possible in the slightest? So he goes on to talk about some more. Uh, he's throwing rocks at all these studies very badly, by the way. He's just dis- he's using that thing where he uses very picky language. 
that sounds good if you don't read it thoroughly to make these things sound good. Just calling them shad, shoddy, right? Which everyone who already agrees with him is going to be predisposed yeah, to already agree. agree with him on. Yep. Uh, he cites a study from a geography professor at uh, George Mason University, I believe. Uh, and, uh, uh, by the way, I should mention also a Heartland Institute fellow mm, uh, named David Leggett's or Legates, I don't know, Legates, something like that. Think, or uh, really. Professor at University of Delaware uh, is who this guy is. Uh, he looked at a study which was done by John Cook. John Cook, this is one of those studies that showed that about 97-ish percent uh, agreed with uh, climate change. Uh, so that study, the John Cook study, was very thorough, went and actually read all the papers uh, that they were talking about. David Ligotti's study, uh, he just looked at the abstracts and found that only 41 of the abstracts uh, specifically mentioned climate change and okay. whether or not there was an opinion on it. So, you know, that's good work right there, isn't it? <laughs> it's good science. Yep. Yep. He then cites uh, a 2016 survey by George Mason University's Center for Climate Change uh, in which uh, 29% of AMS members, uh, that's what he says, the actual is 29% of people who responded to the survey uh, think climate change has occurred in the last 50 years is, is largely or entirely due to human activity. I would again point out those are meteorologists. Uh, a lot of those people stand in front of TV screens and talk about what's going to be coming through you on the five. Meteorologists are actually scientists, generally. There are actual, there, yes, I, I agree with that. I don't want to talk shit about all meteorologists. I did also find uh, a lot of criticism of that survey in that it was entirely based on self-reporting uh, and that it wasn't very oh, methodologically, right. methodologically yeah. sound. That's yeah. not methodologically sound at all. Nope, nope, wasn't very good. Um, and then uh, there's a guy named Stephen Coonan, who was an undersecretary for science at the Obama administration, uh, who thinks that the computer models aren't accurate enough. That's sure. It. He, he, and the quote he pulled out, the quote Glenn pulled out is, quote, But as far as the computer models go, there isn't a useful consensus that the level of detail relevant to assessing human influences. Yep. Sure. Cool, man. There's literally so, four pages of this. Like, it, it, yeah. I, I mean, it, it sounds like Kevin's droning on, but four of the 18 pages that I'm, we read yeah, I'm trying are to find quibbling, more to talk about, quibbling really. with this 97% number. I, all, and basically, what I can do here is I can talk to you about how all of his the studies he's citing are bad, or the individuals he's bringing up are paid by fucking gas and oil. Right. The next person he brings up that I, I have uh, circled here is Willie Soon. Uh, who's a physicist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics at the Mount Wilson Observatory. Uh, he was paid a million dollars by coal and oil companies between th 2001 and 2011. Right. That might... Money. Might influence, yeah. The next guy, Will Happer, Ph.D., uh, he, uh, Greenpeace did a sting operation on him where they posed as a Middle East oil company, and he agreed to write a report basically saying exactly what they wanted it to cool. say. Yep, yep, that was that was not great either. And I think he's the one who was also a former senior director of the White House National Security Council under Trump, of course. Ah, yes. And this is a guy uh, you might have heard about him because there was a, a tiny little thing that happened uh, around the time that he resigned. Mm. Uh, he had put out some papers uh, with like an official seal on them that were all climate denial stuff, uh, but they yeah, hadn't actually, yeah. 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 The, the, they hadn't actually been reviewed by the office whose stamp or whatever he had put on them. Gotcha. Uh, and I believe he was he was fired right after that yeah, happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, it's just, there's not a lot here. 
there's really such little for us to work because all of these are terrible sources. Yeah. And it's just Glenn saying, oh, all the things it said, it was 97%. It's all shoddy workmanship. All my guys who are obviously biased and horrible human beings, they're all the greatest. Yeah. That's, that's all it is here. And it's quibbling over this 97% number when, like I said, uh, most of the, the analyses out there that have looked at this all agree. It's somewhere in the range of 90 to 100%. Uh, of climate scientists agree that climate change is caused by humans. And that number has risen, you know, since 2000 or whatever, as A, science has gotten better, and B, the amount of information we have has gotten much better. But he then tells us, I'm not a climate scientist. Surprise statement of the year, I know. And I admit that it's possible human activities are driving climate change now and will continue to cause warming in the future. I also believe that regardless of how many or few problems climate change causes, that people should choose not be forced to do what they can to be responsible stewards of the planet. Which, again, that, that's, that's exactly the reason why his fantasy capitalism doesn't work. Yeah, because no one does that. Because no one does that. His own because survey they... just demonstrated that he was citing for a different reason. But people don't choose to pay more to save the planet because they exactly. think it's, they abdicate responsibility to someone else, which is why you need a certain amount of central planning for these humanity extinction potentially level events. Exactly. Exactly. And so we get a new quote from Neil Ocasio-Cortez, which says, OK. Maybe there isn't a 97% consensus among scientists, but most environmental organizations and many climate scientists and government agencies in the United Nations and the U.S. federal government say climate change is human-caused and will be catastrophic for decades to come. And he says, well, yeah, they say it, but it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a guy with a computer who's typing this, so obviously I know stuff. Yeah, I mean, this so, is, I mean to me, this is like the COVID stuff of like... Right. You know, scientists say it's dangerous, but my uncle survived, so... Exactly. Why, why should I rely on, you know, people who actually know what they're talking about? When, when I have I... anecdotal evidence to the contrary. Yeah, I am someone with a radio show. That means I know everything. Because radio people are the worst. And uh, then we get we get another expert on the next page. By the way, I think I was wrong. The guy I said was uh, a professor of marketing. I mean, he might have been something else. Whatever he was, he was a piece of shit. I think it was the geography professor. I said it was a marketing professor or whatever. But this guy, Scott Armstrong, is a professor of marketing, mm. uh, who is the next person he's bringing up, uh, who apparently looked over all the forecasts of future temperatures and decided that they were wrong. And uh, by the way, did I mention he's a... Heartland Institute policy oh, expert. no. Did didn't. I mention that part? No, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Did I, did I, I forget know. to mention possibly, that? Possibly, possibly. Well, anyways, he also is. Almost every fucking person he brings up. Heartland Institute. Heartland Institute. Oh, goddamn. What? I couldn't believe it when I kept going through the names and I kept running into Heartland Institute. It's like if Glenn were to start just pulling up Wikipedia and every page he pulled up, it actually said, oh, they're part of the massive communist conspiracy for oh. all the people he believes are well, a part sense. of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there actually is this shit going on here. It's fucking crazy. But the next thing he gets to is the population bomb was wrong. So fuck science. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and pretty much. That's exactly what he says. Basically, he brings up Paul Ehrlich, who uh, wrote The Population Bomb, uh, and who is a pretty lefty guy, a uh, very big guy, environmentalist. Uh, he was wrong. He was wrong when he wrote The Population Bomb back in the 60s. And in the years since then, he's, you know, he's 
I read a little bit about him when I was doing the chapter, and it's like he's moderated his position a little bit. I still think he's mostly wrong on most things because he didn't foresee where science and technology would go, and he couldn't possibly have, I don't think. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's still wrong on a lot of stuff, but he has some interesting things to say still. So, cool. But apparently, since Paul Ehrlich was wrong about the population bomb... All science, all science. And then, And then the old chestnut... They drag out the old chestnut. What about that global cooling that was on Time oh, Magazine? Yeah, they love that. They love Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Like, ah, you sure, man? You're not, you don't know science. You're not arguing against science. And I would not claim to be a scientist. I am not. You shouldn't. You're not. I shouldn't. And I will not. But I did go to university of, the University of California, Berkeley, and took a class on ocean science <laughs> from a Nobel laureate in which so much of the class was about climate. Mm. So I have a basic understanding of, I will say I have a basic understanding of climate scientists, of climate science from that. Glenn Beck has not put forward anything. Nobody he's mentioned has put forward anything. All these people, they don't even ever bother to address the actual science that underlies climate change. No, no it's just, oh, well, can't. you were wrong in the past, so I will yes. just listen to you now, I guess. God damn it. It does. It's, it's just annoying as all hell to me. I don't understand how you can be this lazy as a reader because back when I read this book, I think there was all the, uh, there was always this thing that happened with me. And I think it, it might be part of why I ended up, you know, switching around my political ideology in the first place. I always tried to have the best argument. And for me, that meant looking at every argument that was made and tearing it apart and trying to figure out how can I make this correct? I just, I don't want it to just sound good. I don't want to have a soundbite. I want to be correct. And, you know, I found along the way that all these right-wing arguments, there was no way to do that with them. No. So someone reading this book, I don't. to me, it doesn't connect in my mind. How can you read this? Although I, I, I will say, I do understand a portion of it because for me, uh, a lot of the stuff, even when I found it to be untrue, I would still say it. I would still follow it. I would still force myself into believing it because... It's willful ignorance. It's very intentional, willful ignorance. And I have to wonder, and this is something I was thinking about the other day, and I know I'm on a tangent now, but I'm going to keep rolling, Benedict. Um, am I that disconnected from other people in that did, did I have much more self-awareness than a lot of the people who I'm ascribing this sort of thought to? Am I much more self-aware? No. Is that why no. I have difficulty connecting to them? No, that's not. Okay, I'm just I'm just another dum dum. Yeah, that's, you're a dum dum. You've always been a dum dum. Good to know. Yep. Good to know. So yeah, we get all that, and um, we get to the last portion we're gonna be at before we get to uh, the end of this half of the chapter, and we're gonna be done right. I'll I'll read the the last little bit right here before we take off, and he says, "quote Based on his track record, I think it's fair to say a large portion of the scientific community has a tendency to over exaggerate the effects of climate change and make predictions that are not likely." To come true. End of the first half <laughs> of chapter eight of Arguing with Socialists. Benedict, what did we read? Uh, quibbles, mostly. Quibbles. Quibble, insignificant quibbles, I would say. Quibbles. I, I yeah, that, that's about all I can pull out of that. It's yeah. not a very good chapter. Um, but, Kevin, you know, I... have, any them, <laughs> have any of them been good chapters? 
But anyways, we'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.